Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Time for Counterpoint. We got the table already. We got uh, John Raz, former Liberal War Room director. Happy New Year's to you. Happy New Year's. Bill Hutchison, former journalist over at CTV, broadcaster, and now professor at Seneca. Hello. Happy, happy 2019. Happy tw- so far. <laughs> I'd say so. Well, in my world, everything's happy. <laughs> Take it day by day, one day at a time. I just stay off that social media and everyone's happy. Um, Andrew Shear spending his New Year's Day uh, warning how the liberal carbon tax will drive up prices on everything. And he will cancel that should he win. Here is a sample of uh, the the campaign message, really, that he'll be driving for the next nine months. What today's announcement is about is about warning Canadians about what's to come because it's not just about the $20 a ton, it's not just about the $50 a ton, it's about the $300 a ton that the Environment Canada documents show the Liberals are planning on imposing. So we know that these costs are going to go drastically higher and Canadians need to understand this going into the 2019 election that the Liberals will raise these taxes. Yes, they will go up and up and up because we're nowhere near meeting those targets uh, that were set out by everybody else. And then they pulled out of that Paris thing. But, you know, while environment uh, does tend to get a lot of the attention in the media, in polling when it comes to election issues, it is not the most important issue. It's usually around the eight or nine mark. Um and I'll, ask, I'll start with you on this, Bill. Uh, for sheer, he has not laid out his plan. He does not have to for many, many months. But is this a smart move for him? I think so. I think it's a, a pocketbook issue. I don't think it's an environmental issue. These taxes uh, hit a lot of people. And if it were about the environment, then the, the carbon tax would be a whole lot higher in order to be effective. At $20 a ton, it does nothing. At $50 a ton, it does nothing. People won't change their, their behavior until you get to two or $300 a, a, a ton. And that's what the Environment Ministry has said. Mm-hmm. $300 a ton is when it will actually make a difference. So right now, uh, the Liberals are playing politics with it, saying this is a price on pollution. It's not. It's simply taxes that they will collect. And, and they say, well, we're going to give back most of it to you. So, okay, why would I change my, uh, my behavior then? If you're going to give me all the money back anyway, what's, what's the difference? BC brought in a carbon tax back in 2007, 2008. And the consumption of gasoline is exactly the same now as it was in 2007. It has not changed at all. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the plans that anyone has presented do not work. They're never going to meet these Paris target agreements. The United Nations has said you're going to have to charge about $5,000 a ton if you actually want to meet these targets. But nonetheless, this will be a campaign issue. And and who knows what the, the country will look like in nine months, John. But the bottom line is um, it's going to be an issue. Well, in nine months, this issue will have given birth to nothing. I don't think this matters at all. I don't think it was a particularly useful thing to do. It's one of the few wedge issues he does seem to have. I don't know how he would wedge himself against what the Trudeau government has done versus Trump because you're negotiating with a guy who doesn't negotiate in good faith. Let's think about the op-eds that were written in the States in the last 24 hours. Mitt Romney, a couple other people, even Trump's old people say, this is not a guy you can do a deal with. So what other what other wedge issues? I guess he has the wedge issue, sure has the wedge issue of oil in the West. That would seem to be a more prudent issue to me for his base, whatever. I don't believe anybody's voting on this. If you're talking about $20, Bill, you're talking about $50 a ton, or you're talking about $5,000 a ton, it still means nothing to the average voter. If you said it'll cost you $5,000. Well, that's, that's well, the that's message you have to make. You, you have to make bucks. that message I to people. I don't believe anybody heard what he said. I can't believe that I heard it today. And furthermore, he said on a day when most people were either going uh, polar bear swimming or nursing a hangover, and I don't think any of it matters. Right, but this is what happens. I mean, we watch it, but over time, people will hear Look it. Look what happened in France. Look yeah. what happened in, yeah. in Australia. 
they, they start, suddenly realized what the carbon tax was costing them, and they said, no, no, stop it. We don't want this. And I think the average Canadian is going to look at that. This is a government that says it's supposed to be for the middle class, and this is going to hit the middle class. And, and large polluters, large uh, carbon emitters, I don't want to use the polluter because that's the liberal euphemism for, for carbon tax. Um, the large price. carbon emitters are actually getting exempted from this. There is, no a, there is a coal-fired uh, power plant in New Brunswick mm-hmm. that's got an 80% exemption. So don't tell me that because I live in a cold country and I have to heat my home in the wintertime, I should pay more for that, and a, a coal-fired power plant gets, a, gets off scot-free. Yeah. There's the there's the argument. Yeah, and I was speaking to an investor um, on my vacation. We were talking about you know the issue of, of the environment. Don't you want to do something? Well, yes, I want to do something. Do but the right I, thing. But again, we aren't the problem. China is. But you get these investors who make a lot of money off of green energy, so they like it. It doesn't matter to them that New it doesn't actually do New technology and better anything. regulations will have more of an effect than a carbon a carbon uh, tax. A carbon tax at most is going to do ten percent difference in terms of, of uh, emissions. Let's talk about a St. Catharines man uh, who found the police at his front door after tweeting out the private address and phone number of MPP Sam Oosterhoff's parents. He's a, a guy named Rob Gill. He ran, I guess, for city council last year. Uh, he is gay, but he's very offended uh, by Mr. Oosterhoff's uh, religious beliefs. And he tweeted out, let's protest uh, at Sam Oosterhoff and his bigot, misogynistic, and homophobic personality and upbringing. He then encouraged people to go to this address and this phone number. He says he'd do it again, John, um, and that the police overstepped the line. But I'm sorry, he's a, he, just as it was with Premier Wynne, just as it was for Tucker Carlos, in the, the, the anchor in the United States, it's not okay to send people to people's houses because you don't like their stance. Yeah, his rationale, as I understand it, was that uh, because the MPP in question had been homeschooled, that his parents were accountable for his, <laughs> and they are, transparently homophobic, misogynist, and had points verging possibly even on racist views. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're no, saying I've, his parents are? Really? Do you know his parents? You know, you know his, parents? his parents? I don't. Do you know exactly? Gonna, well, then gonna, how can you throw uh, yes. assets like that at I'm talking about the MPP. I'm Now I'm going to come onto your side of this and say, Utterly inappropriate, not only to send somebody to the parents' house, but to send somebody to the MPP's house. I think in Canada, we have a well-held tradition of respecting each other's privacy. You want to take people on, take them on on the street at their office, take them on uh, at a public intersection. You're supposed to bother people when you protest them. Take them on in the media. Make them uncomfortable. But I agree with you both. This was utterly wrong. Having said that, that MPP, little little light shine on him, had it done, been done the right way? I hope the voters down there. He's not, he's not been shy about his his opinion, his, his viewpoint, and he's entitled to his, his viewpoint, whether you agree with it or not. He's entitled to. But it. you do not show up at his. He's, his he's entitled to his religious down. views just as much as this guy is entitled to his views on gay marriage and and gay rights. So we all agree. We all agree on all of these things. But I do agree with you guys. Shouldn't have been at the front door of his parents. Actually, I'd go further. You don't even send them to his home. No, because he's probably got a wife and a family, and they're not guilty either. No, no, you do this in the court of public opinion. Yeah. Well, th- that's right, but we're seeing it more and more. I mean, that's the problem. Social media has turned into this uh, this bowl of just uh, like steaming crap. And, and people <laughs> where they give license to do whatever you want. Look, you could be, if anything had happened and someone had shown up, you could be charged with all sorts of things, mischief, uh, inciting uh, harassment, inciting right, yeah, whatever. If this, is the, if this is the way political discourse is going to go, now imagine uh, a single female MPP who someone disagrees with, and they show up at her doorstep. Exactly. And I'd say the exact and same. And who's going to, you know, who's going to stand up and say, "Stop it now"? I guess it depends on what side her politics are. No, 
Yeah. Oh, I think all sides have been guilty on this. <laughs> oh. um, Rocco Rossi, a contributor here at 640, one of the nicest guys in, in the world, uh, found himself the center of a Twitter firestorm after tweeting out a photo of a bottle of champagne, some fancy uh, appetizers, and a caption saying, you know, essentially, I'm going to celebrate like the one percenter. And naturally, those who are always offended were offended. Yes, he's the head of the Chamber of Commerce, um, which ran a campaign against labor laws and raising minimum wage. But honestly, are we that humorless now? I mean, I'm, I'm actually ang- the only reason I'm angry at Rocco is like he took the tweet down and apologized. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he did it uh, thinking it was going to be humorous. Uh, he, he missed the mark with some people, and people get offended, as you said, very quickly. It, it's it's a shame. He's done a mea culpa. He's he's apologized. But people are still are still want to uh, figuratively lynch him for for this. They want him to lose his job. It's outrageous. I'm just shocked at how outraged some people get over silly things like this. It was a, a silly tweet. You know, some people thought saw the humor in it. Others people other others didn't. So you know, I saw it and I was like, it was nothing. It wasn't until the next day I went, oh, it's an issue. This yeah. is an issue because I, I find this so weird because I know Rocky, uh, Rocco, I, I worked with him on a campaign. And, and what I remember him for is being a 0.01 guy. This is a guy know, who's he's... pretty serious about his Christianity who went on two pilgrimages. Pilgrimages. Yeah. I think he's done more in actually of the El Camino, uh, El Camino. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he goes and walks he to commune with God. Charity so work. when yeah, I no, saw he's... the tweet and I follow him, I thought, this is really out of context. Maybe it's a joke. Amongst those, yes, because the last thing Rocco cares He's a humble, down to earth guy, and he, and, and he doesn't care about money or champagne. That's not him at all. That tweet is him saying, "Look at me, I'm like a one percent." Yeah, like a yeah. lot of people would do that. Say, "Hey, look, we were in uh, the Bahamas. The money there is ridiculous, and we were by like one of those three hundred million dollars super yachts. If I had taken a picture, which I took, I'm like, hi, I'm the captain of my ship. Would I be living like a one percenter? I mean, it's the same as that. I would not be offended. Well, no, no one but believe you on that work. But if Rocco Rossi took a picture beside again, I would not be a, like. I, I just... saw the sh- the chauffeur driven limo that. Oh, is, is that your chauffeur driven limo? That's mine. Like, you know, oh, I'm yes. just I'm Gold like one of those. Because I need a ride home. But honestly, I just you always need a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't All think right. he owns a car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed. All right, John the Grifter will uh, stay with us. Uh, <laughs> We'll continue this uh, after this. A panel of MPs uh, want to make it so that getting a criminal pardon is much easier. You're saying what? This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Great to have you here. We got John Raz and Bill Hutchison weighing off on a number of issues. Uh, a panel of MPs want the federal government to look at making criminal pardons automatic for some offenders who have served their sentences. So they're also suggesting that that $631 fee be waived and to simplify um, a process that can often be very complex. And I, this doesn't mean that those charged with murder would get a pardon. It's, I think, for someone who maybe you know, got caught smoking a joint, maybe stole a lipstick and caught whatever. Um but some will say this is the slippery slope that we're heading down. No, Bill? Uh, yeah, if it's just for minor offenses, uh, then fine. I'm, I'm curious, though, is the committee also recommending they f- serve their full sentence? Or is this after early early release or the two-thirds release, uh, mandatory release? Good question. Uh, if they have to serve their full sentence and they get a pardon, pardon okay. Um, I, then we can talk about it. But if they get out after two years when they were sentenced to eight years uh, and they get a pardon, I got some problems with that. Uh, do we not punish people? 
Well, I think that's a fair question to ask. I would certainly want to know a list of the crimes that would be getting pardoned, because if all of a sudden we start weighing into territory of assault or sexual assault or harassment or any of those kinds of things or anything really, I think, Which they above, can apply. Uh, they can apply for after 10 years. Sure. Right. I don't think that number's right. I think it's between three and seven years. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the indictable offenses. Oh, I see, right. The murder, assault. Well, I don't know if murder, yeah, assault. As I understood it, maybe I, I misread it because I read a couple articles about this. In fact, the automatic pardon would come after, for minor offenses, after three to seven years, as it would usually come if you applied through this Byzantine system, which I've tried to help a couple of kids who work for me on campaigns get through, and I found complicated and expensive. Um, these were kids who managed to get back on track and go to university, et cetera, and made, and, and mostly it was for fist fights when they were right. 18 or 19 in university yeah, it's like or whatever, a drunk assault, and disorderly assault or whatever. charge or drunk and disorder, public mischief, that sort of thing. Um, so I don't think it, it would be an automatic pardon the day you get out of jail. You would still have to serve your parole and then there'd be a time looking for good behavior and then it would be automatic. And, and I say, why not? Yeah, I can't say I get too jazzed about this. Again, it depends, though, if that bar then starts moving into different areas. Which it inevitably does. Which inevitably does. Yeah. Oh, you because cynic. Um, you cynic. Why could Because a happen? lawyer will argue, well, you know, this is the precedent and we're going to stretch the laws as far as we can possibly go. I didn't think we'd really be debating Terry Lynn McClintock being in a healing lodge, you know, last year, let alone her, you know, despicable partner. But here we are. Um, let's talk about the Islamic Party of Ontario, which is the name, and uh, it's been officially reserved under Elections Ontario rules for uh, October, I guess, 2018. And this is the step you take before becoming a formal party, but the Toronto Sun are reporting that it operates with this mandate to introduce Islamic rule in Ontario and Canada because, according to the party, quote, we understand and believe that Islam is the native dean religion of Ontario and Canada. I don't have any issue with the religion you believe in. I do not think it plays any roles in politics, Bill. We have always had a separation of church and state in this country. That's how our democracy works, and we should maintain that. I, that having been said, I think this will be a fringe party. I don't think it will actually ever elect anyone. I don't think there are enough people out there that will vote for it in any one riding uh, to, to support it. I think a lot of the people, because when you when you look at what they stand for, what they want to do, that is so against what most Canadians believe. It's certainly interesting. I mean, if if I didn't know I'm, better, I'm not I'd, talking religious. I'm talking about social issues. Right. Well, well, they're they're adamantly against any LGBTQ. Yeah, they, I mean, they they're, ban that. They they're will, hateful. Of, uh, yeah. Ban abortion. Uh, they will uh, ban uh, smoking, alcohol, drugs. The government will go bankrupt the, without the revenue from smoking, <laughs> drinking, and, 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 and marijuana. Very now. utilitarian view, Bill. Uh, there have been there have been radical Christian parties historically who've tried the same sort of nut. And and the, the irony about this is, I was talking to some of my Muslim friends about this, and they said the whole reason we came here is that we didn't want <laughs> a literalist that, radical that's interpretation. Why I say, that's of why our I say religion. I don't think there's enough people that would support you it know, because a lot of people they want to go for a crown royal later on, you know. And they're still observant Muslims <laughs> in their the crown own kingdom. Way, you know? yeah. That's right. So uh, I, I, you know, I think much ado about nothing, and the more attention we give this, uh, this is sort of sillier we're being about it. They have not even registered as a party yet. Um, I, I mean, it is a precept in the Quran that every piece of territory in the world that that Islam takes 
uh, if you read a literalist view of the Quran, is can never be returned or rescinded, and that it is a job to convert. But last time I checked, the Christians did that. They were called, what was that? The Crusades in the 16th and 17th century. The only, the only issue I have with registering this as a political party is the funding that it gets. When you donate to it, you get three quarters of the money back. So you can now donate $400 to this uh, organize, to this party, and they will get you $300 back from the taxpayer. But, but it'd, be, it'd be tough to make the same argument. There are at what least two or three Christian correct. parties that have existed during my tenure over 44 campaigns in the last 20 years. And, got, and those people, what's the difference? I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. Right. Louis C.K. making headlines again, uh, this time for a stand-up routine. I guess he did uh, back in December, but it has surfaced now. They're saying it's like a secret taped, uh, you know, leaking. There's nothing secret about this. He was on a stage. He was doing a performance, and I don't think he cared if it got out. But he was, you know, um, he was joking about things like losing all the money that he has lost in the last year because, of course, he was uh, part of the Me Too movement, uh, admitted to masturbating in front of women who didn't really want that. Um, But in this routine, he laments political correctness, like makes fun of the gender pronouns, gay rights, also mocks the survivors uh, of the shooting in Parkland, Florida, where 17 students and staff members were killed. Take a listen. Because you went to a high school where kids got shot? Why does that mean I have to listen to you? How does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way. And we're all laughing, uh, but but people are outraged about this, John. But I think context matters here because the people that he's referring to, and I, I, I don't, C.K. Louis, I'm not defending or whatever. I don't care about the guy. But to me, why we're going down this road with comedians is ridiculous. They're already feeling like they can't say anything. But the guy that's, the people that he's mocking are the student activists who came out of that shooting and have made quite a name for themselves politically. So as far as I'm concerned, if you become an activist out of like a school shooting, you're fair game. I'm a free speecher. I uh, I, I picked up the story yesterday. I listened to the whole 44 minutes of it. And I thought some of it was funny. Oh, yes. I thought some of it was very funny. I thought some of it was not funny. I thought he had the right to say all of it. Uh, I'm absolutely sure that there are a variety of other groups having listened to the whole tape that uh, may now jump on the bandwagon and say that he shouldn't have said a variety of things about the size of genitalia according to culture and race. Uh, He goes (laughs) out there on a variety of limbs. And it seems to me that comedy... Uh, and, and God, the Greeks wrote about this 3,000 years ago, is always the greatest defender of democracy, democracy and free speech. And Bill and I talked about this before we came on the air tonight, uh, and I am low. And we said a lot of politically incorrect things. <laughs> and we exactly. said a lot of politically incorrect things. we never say on air. But here's the bottom line. If it's not funny and it crosses the line, then people won't listen. Right. And Louis C.K., in my mind, some of the time is funny. He is in a position where, and he, and he starts the whole routine by saying this, was saying, look, I've got nothing to lose here. Exactly. There will be no remediation in many people's eyes for what I did uh, for the rest of my life. So let's go. It's all out there. Uh, and he has every right to do it. And as long as people are paying for tickets, uh, they now know how far he's prepared to go. And I do remember some of his earlier stand-up material. I mean, he made jokes about peanut allergies and children that were um, pretty risque. Yeah, well, I remember uh, Hickory Dickory Dock by uh, Andrew Dice Clay, and it didn't quite go like that, okay? I mean, look, comedians are, are and can be quite boorish, and you can be offended by them, and you can laugh at them. Yeah, But, but that's for- where the humor is. Humor <laughs> quite often is offensive. And that's why we laugh, because people, the comedians will say things out loud that other people will think to themselves, oh, I can't say that. I, yeah, but they'll say it out loud, oh, oh, he said it. Right. Uh, that's where the humor is. I don't particularly find uh, Louis C.K. very funny. Um, I've listened but have to, you been to a Chris Rock show? I mean, oh, he's yeah, very I, I, foul, but he very is, funny. funny. I saw him years yes. ago. Very funny. I mean, Most comedians are offensive. 
That's where the humor lies. God, I, so, wa- I wish Joan Rivers was alive today. If she were alive today, oh. the things she would, I mean, honestly, I don't think I, I, she would keep people in check. I think we are really if, at a loss without someone like her. If a comedian Joan Rivers is really is offending no, like enough she, people. She, yeah, she's dead. I thought she was still hanging upside down in a coffin somewhere. Oh, shush. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm offended by that. I'm, I can't believe <laughs> totally you said that. Oh, my I'm God, that's outrageous. Oh, exactly. <laughs> All right. That it? Yeah. Get out of my studio. You disgust me. All right, John Raz, thank you very much, sir. You Bill need a ride, Hutchison. John? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Cheap He's not ass. joking. Bill Hutchison. Surge rates. Always. <laughs> Don't talk about surging with John. That's. <laughs> Uber. Find <laughs> <laughs> the job. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.